Live from the summit in San Antonio, Texas, the Core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with John Bai and Jay Fletch. Today's topic, maximizing the greatness tracker for real estate. Thank you all for being here. My name is John Bai. We are going over the maximizing your greatness tracker. Step one of the core fundamentals. And I'm honored to be coaching with my man, Jay Fletch, the best realtor that I know. My man, my friend. I don't know if you've heard like the rumors that are going around the rumor mill right now, but they are all true. He's going to tell you some stuff later. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to get it too excited. I don't want to, as Mike would say, uh, deliver the birthday present too early. So I'll just put that out as a teaser. <laughs> oh, wow. Dan. Wow. Dan, I love it, you. Dan, if you, uh, Rick would find me <laughs> if I don't get married soon. So what we're going to go over today is really how we all started in our core journey and going through the greatness tracker. So Jay and myself are going to go back and forth, talk about how we implement it in our businesses. And really it all stems from the top down. And a huge part of this is how we operate Monday through Friday. So we're going to go back and forth on our theme days, which are going to turn into some other conversations and other um, topics throughout that. We're going to have 10 minutes of Q&A at the end. If you do have like a burning question throughout it, raise your hand and we'll do our best to get that question answered for you. But if you can hold them till the end, we'll probably get to it. Okay. So without further ado, my man, Jay Fletch, let's get us started. Well, I'll tell you about John. We had a coaching call together. It was my second semester. My first coaching call was Dan. That's a whole nother story in itself. And then I get a coaching call, and John's on the call. And my homework, my greatness tracker, it's uh, it's a mess. Like, I've got stuff all over. It doesn't add up. Greatness tracker's not filled out. And John turns his in, and it's like some accountant typed it up. I mean, it is, like, flawless. And lo and behold, um, you know, we went on that site visit together. Uh, John's one of the best-dressed people I've ever seen. And... I got to know him on the site visit, and I'll tell you, of all the people in the core, of all the coaches, he is one of the few that I would love to take direction from. I would love to have him as my own personal coach someday, because this guy has it dialed in better than most of the realtors I've ever seen, including the coaches. So it's an honor to coach with you. Thanks. It is. I've always wanted that. So, so I'm going to start the greatness tracker here. I'm, I'm going to tell you my... Like my thinking on the greatness tracker. Um, I'm one of those guys, as JJ talked about, that tends to find a way to turn an eight-hour workday into 12 hours um, on a regular basis, too. And so when I was exposed to the greatness tracker the very first time, some really truths came out about it. The number one truth that came out about it is I was able to give myself some grace in the sense that I knew if I filled the greatness tracker up, I knew if I filled it up and I was truthful about the names I put on there and I was truthful about the quality of the conversations I was having with the people on there, I knew it was a matter of time and I was going to blow up. So the number one, number one thing I want you to take first on this is time will either expose you or reward you. And there's no better form, in my opinion, than the greatness tracker. If you turn in a full greatness tracker over and over and over and over and over again, 
and I'm coaching you, one or two things is going to happen. You'll either blow up, and then your next coach, John, will get the credit. Or you're lying on the greatness tracker. It's just that simple. And the thing I love about the greatness tracker is, you've heard the saying, you can't cheat the grind. You can't cheat the grind. The grind knows when you're working. The grind knows when you're putting those calls in. The grind knows the quality of the call. You can't cheat the grind. If you want to make the money, if you want to have the lifestyle, if you want to have the freedom, the first form to unlocking it is the greatness tracker. Going back to working, working eight hours and turning it into 12 or 14 or 16, because I like the work. Here's what I knew about the greatness tracker. Once I had the greatness tracker completed for that day, I could give myself grace and know that I worked. I had a document that told me at the end of the day, I actually put in work. Before that document was introduced to me, there's a lot of days I went to work, but when I got home, I'm like, what did I really do? Like, what did I really do? I didn't get paid. I didn't put a listing on. I didn't sign a buyer under a contract, but I was there for 12 hours. I was stealing time for my daughter. I was stealing time for my family. I wasn't working out. It's obvious. So the greatness tracker gave me freedom. The discipline of the greatness tracker gave me freedom. Biggest thing about it is time will expose you on that greatness tracker. It is the scariest form because it will tell you if you are working because it will reward you if you are and it will expose you. Some of you will get exposed. You'll get exposed. Six months from now, year from now, you turn in a hundred talk tos and it doesn't show up on your pay log. You are being exposed. That's what I feel about the greatness tracker. And that's the first and foremost thing I want you to hear. Because that form, in all of its glory, is also the scariest form. So I'll we'll start with the VIPs. Let's do it. VIPs? VIPs. So one of the objectives we want you to get all this class. We want you to get two to three solid tactics on each of the theme days. The greatness tracker revolves around the theme days. So we want you to get two or three solid tactics out of this. Real quick, Jay. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Does everybody here know about the theme days? Okay. Ooh. Let's talk about the theme days real quick first. You, you go. Okay. So the greatness tracker, there's obviously six columns, right? I think we have six columns in it. Um, and there's ten lines. But the goal is that everybody always asks, who do I call, right? Like, I love to call people, or I don't love to call people. I don't like to call people. So... But I do love to call people that I want to talk to. So for me, it's the best way to break up the week and make sure we're calling the people that we have to. So we're going to talk about on Mondays, we call our VIPs. We call 12 of our top 50 VIPs. Tuesday, we do all of our status updates. Wednesday, we call our hot leads. Thursday, we call our database. And Friday, we call our new business people that we're working on. So that's the fundamental of the bulk of the middle of the greatness tracker. So you got your face-to-faces, your break breads, your calls, your videos, your personal notes, your hours prospected, and your leads and your deals. So but a lot of it is based off of it starts 
with the theme days that get you the appointments, which turn into the leads, which turn into the deals, which turn into Bear Raven's kick-ass videos, right? Like, there's stuff like that that you work on in the greatness tracker is what gets you there. So let's start with the VIPs, Jay. Barrett has great videos. He does. They're, the they're phenomenal. They are. My team always likes looking at his thumbnails going, who's that crazy man? <laughs> <laughs> they, love, they love you, Barrett. Um, so VIPs. A couple big tactics with the VIPs. Your VIPs, I think the biggest mistake we make as new students in the core is we create a VIP list. We're told to have 50 names on this VIP list. And we're putting names on this VIP list that we want to work with. Okay, here's the problem. If you want to work with them, how are they a VIP right now? Okay, you need to be in relationship with the VIP. So your VIP list to me, you start with your team. Your team should be on your VIP list. Hold on. Pump the brakes, Jay. Did you just say your team? Your team. Everybody wrote that down, right? Your team? By a raise of hands, you have it all about you on your, on your entire team right now? Wow, that is not everybody's hand. How are you supposed to take care of clients when some of the very people that will interact with your clients far more than you are not being taken care of? I'm a parent, and it's scary. I know my daughter watches my actions far more than she watches or listens to my words. You hear that? Your team needs to know they're your VIP. Your team needs to be taken care of. You need to demonstrate to how well you take care of your team so they can take care of your clients. So, one of my VIP calls is my team. I make that call not during the day, during the scheduled time that I have. I have scheduled, all my calls are scheduled. My VIP calls are scheduled when I'm calling my team. I call them in the evening when they're already home and I try to catch them. So if you talk to my team and say, does Jay make his VIP calls? They're all on it. They can tell you they get a call about once a month. So VIP calls, biggest tact they can tell you is your team should be on there, number one. Uh, second thing is I was working with a, a student named Randy Miller. And Randy was asking a way to get out more, get more impact on his VIP calls. And this is something that Rick hammered me about three years ago. And when I changed it, it changed my VIP calls overnight. Game changer. You have to tell them they're a VIP. Like you literally have to tell them they are a VIP. Because here's what's happening. My team's on the VIP calls. My dad's on the VIP calls, one of my best referrers. My close friend on the VIP call. I call my close friend almost every other day, if not every day. So what's going to differentiate a call on Wednesday about getting together to play cards than a call on Monday if I don't tell him he's on my VIP list? You have to tell him they're on your VIP list. That is a game changer. You do it. Because I get your calls once in a while. You do that? Absolutely. How does that go for you? People always ask, they're like, what does that mean? It's just weird, right? Like, if somebody calls and they're like, you're, like, you made the cut. They're like, I didn't even know I was, like, in the game. This is weird. So, I think that people, you gotta make it a big deal. I think that at the end of the day, you gotta, it's an exclusive thing, right? It's not like everybody's a VIP. It's like, hey, I got 25 people that I wanna be really, really deep in relationship with, and you're one of those people to me. And you gotta tell them why they are. Not just that they are one. It's, how, Jay, you've been, you've always been there for me. 
You've helped me become a way better realtor and a better man. And that's one of the reasons why you are a huge VIP to me. Like, you made a difference in my life, right? That's more than, hey, like, just wanted to let you know, like, you're on my list. What's up? Like, got a lead? It doesn't so, yeah, feel like that, okay? They've got to know they're on that list. They've got to know they're a VIP. And, and I'm telling you, the first couple of times I did it, it seemed a little weird. It isn't anymore. And one of the things that I admire most about the core and about Rick and a lot of the coaches, they do what they tell you they do. Rick makes a VIP call, and Rick says, Jay, you're one of my VIPs, and he tells you why. If he can do it, we should be doing it. So for me, team on the VIP list, make sure you're telling them they're a VIP, and make sure you're consistent on that call. The other thing that's big for me on the VIP call is Dream Book. Has anybody ever heard of the Dream Book? Okay, so a few hands gone up. On the virtual happy hour fireside chat about eight months ago, Rick talked about a VIP, talked about a dream book and how you should have it with your clients. I think it's a very easy phone call with your VIPs to have a dream book. You should have it with your clients, but let's start with your VIPs. It's an easy call. You ask them what their dream property is someday. Now, Rick talked about that on a fireside chat about eight months ago. Lo and behold, Phil Puma had his largest sale, highest volume sale ever. Because of a dream book, I had my largest sale, highest volume ever, because of a dream book. Both of us had it in April. So it took about seven to eight months before it happened. But dream book is one of the conversations I have on a VIP call, and I'm refining it when I call them. You know, they might tell me they want an A-frame home on a lake, 200 acres, and I write that down, and I save that. It's on their All About You form. It's in their file I've got for them. So when I call them back in a month or six weeks... I'm like going, hey, you know that A-frame house you're thinking about? What's the bathroom look in there? Like, do you got a master bathroom? Are we talking, are we talking like a huge eight-foot walk-in Roman tile shower with rain? Or are you talking cobblestone? What are you doing there? You keep building the dream so you get more information. So you can send them the property if it comes on the market. Now, even if they can't afford it, do they know you care about them? So to me, my biggest tax as VIP is calling to see how they're doing, checking in on them, how, you know, trying to find pain, trying to find a need, trying to fill it, talking about their dream book, making sure they know they're on that list, and then making sure my team is on the list because the speed of the pack is, the speed of the pack is the speed of the leader. Your team will do about half of what you do. If you have a bad habit, they're going to magnify it. You show up late to a meeting by a minute, they're going to show up 10 minutes late next day. And you can't call them out. So, status calls, John, because I know you do a ton of those. Yeah, so Tuesday updates, like, at first I was, like, really torn on update day. I'm like, man, how's this, like, a prospecting day? This is, like, really weird. And, you know, I'm like, you get the deal done, then you kind of just want to move on. But then you learn over time that, like, there's so much opportunity with our current clients and Tuesday updates are just an easy way to engage with your clients bring value to ask for the right for the referral so I think a lot of us fight with asking for business can anybody anybody the same way at least I still do so so this is I got to trick myself into ways to do it and the thing biggest thing for me was create value and you can ask 
Well, every time you're giving somebody a status update on Tuesday, you're bringing value. You're keeping them in the loop on where they're at. You get an opportunity to solve a problem for them. Even if everything's going great, there's something weird that's going on, I can guarantee you. And it's probably not that big, but if you ask and then you deliver some type of a solution, you don't actually have to pay for it or fix it, but just give them an idea or just be a listening ear, right? Like a lot of that, there's a lot of fear in this transaction. We go through this stuff every single day. They do not. You have to remember that. They're freaking out. Write that down. They are freaking out. Write that down. They're freaking out. And guess what? No news is not good news. So when you miss that call that you've done every single week and the two weeks before closing, they don't hear from you, guess what? They're like, it's done. Game over. Where am I going to live now? Am I living in my trailer? Am I going to go live with my parents? Like, is this whole thing toast? Everybody goes all the way to the worst case scenario, right? All the time. We do it with our client. We do the same things, right? It's human nature. So you got to be engaged on that call, and you got to have a process. So for us, our process, and I talk about this in our listing appointments and all of our consultations, is our goal as a team is that you never call myself or my team and ask me a question. Our goal is that we get to you and we give you the information before you even get a chance to ask it. You don't even know you have the question because we already gave you the answer. Like, that's how we approach every client. And if you go in with that type of expectation, you will show up so much more different with them. You'll be excited to make those calls on Tuesday. How's that experience then? I mean, I'm thinking about that going, of all the things I buy and do and whatnot, I don't have anybody calling me and saying, hey, here's what's next. Here's, you know, this is what you should be thinking about. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm the one going, okay, should I be packing now? Should I not be packing so like what are, what, you got like a, a list of questions you just try to intercept? So the biggest thing is that there's milestone moments, right? So you're always prepping for what's coming up. Not what's five steps down the road, right? Just what's next. So once you go under contract, you get super excited and you're like, hey, my team's going to open up the email. You're going to get, you're going to get an email. It's going to have the contract, all the timeline breakdowns. You're going to get updates every single week and at every single milestone. Our next milestone is X, right? You know, in a normal world, it'd be like, we're going to do the home inspection. You're going to put your earnest money in. Right now, it's like, just give me the cash, and we'll see you at the end, right? So it's a little different right now. There might not be as many milestones as we're used to. But the thing is that once you go under contract, that's a celebration piece, right? The opening email that comes from my team is not like, here's your file on one, two, three, four, five, whatever street, right? No, it's like, holy smokes, we were so excited. We were talking about your house and our team meeting this morning. This place is legit. I know you've been working super hard. Alex has been taking great care of you, right? That's coming from the transaction coordinator in the opening, right? Personalized video from the transaction coordinator. Get a little human interaction. Yes, they're not going to want to do it, okay? That's okay. Tell them to do it anyway, okay? Because if you're doing videos, it's not a big deal, right? So, but in that, we tell them what the next step is. Like, hey, if it's a buyer, like, you got to make sure you get your earnest money in, like, with, like right now. Like, escrow's calling you to wire the funds. Like, we don't want to get in trouble. Worked really hard to get where we're at. Then after that, then you just follow up the next step all the time. And then once you come in, you just are calming their nerves. So, my team does the email out on Tuesdays. I call. And then whether it's a listing or a buyer that's under contract, either my listing coordinator or the assigned um, TC calls for Friday check-in. This is huge, okay? Write this down. 
your transaction coordinator or whoever's in charge of that file calls the client on Fridays before the weekend. Because they don't talk any other times, they do email like this is their opportunity to build rapport. Like, what are you doing? You got any plans? You got any questions about your transaction? I know that we're waiting on X. You know, we told you about this. How's John doing? Do you have any troubles getting in touch with them or you need me to schedule some time with them? Have we been doing a good job for you? What do you think you asked next? Right? Right? You talked to anybody over the last seven days that's thinking about making a move that maybe we can make an introduction to? That's easy. That's not selling. That's just asking a question, right? And sometimes when it comes from multiple angles, like I would love to say that I build great rapport with everybody. But there's all sorts of different people. And sometimes my staff gets more time with them than I do. So my, my staff gets more compliments than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, they're always, they're always like, yeah. oh, I would love to send Lori a gift. I'm like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the main attraction. What do you mean send Lori a gift? They're like, what, what should I send Lori? Yeah. I'm jo- I'll tell you, I'll tell you just some of the things you just said there will greatly improve my Tuesday update calls. Taking the mindset of intercepting the questions, having the question before they ask it, man, that was, that's a game changer on experience. I can just tell. Tell them what's next. Use video. Having the TC call on Friday to intercept those questions on Saturday, Sunday when you want to be home with hope. Exactly. Wow, game changer. I was thinking about this too when John was talking about intercepting the question. I'm not a big fan of flying. And I was thinking about this, and this kind of goes, I think, with the transaction. And I made this comment to one of my clients the other day when we had a little bit of a bumpy transaction. I said, you know what? Kind of like the airlines. A little bit of bumpy, a little bit of turbulence. I got you there safe. I got you there on time. Really good deal, right? And here's the thing I realized. When I'm in a plane, if the pilot comes on the speaker prior to us taking off or prior to us hitting the turbulence, and that pilot says, Look, uh, guys, I'm going to turn the fasten seatbelt on. You're going to have some turbulence. It's going to be a little bumpy. When it's good, I'll turn the seatbelt off. I'll tell you what, the turbulence could be, it could be really, really bad. And I'm calm. I'm calm because he told me we're going to hit some bumps. He told me what to expect. So if we don't hit bumps now, I'm really happy. If we hit bumps, I'm like, he told me. I expected this. You know, it goes back to what we heard earlier in the day. Set the expectation. But I'll tell you what, when the pilot doesn't tell me we're going to hit bumps and we drop 100 feet, I'm about ready to lose it. And the first person that's going to get it is the pilot. Because I'm starting to think, because, you know, it goes back to when they don't hear from you, they start to create stories. I'm starting to think this guy was up drinking. Maybe he just got his license. Maybe the real pilot called in sick. Maybe COVID hit him. I don't know. But we shouldn't be hitting turbulence. And if we're going to hit turbulence... Tell me, I'm by the calmest person you can fly with if I know what I'm going to hit. You don't want to fly with me if they don't tell me, because I'm grabbing your hand, and you're probably going to lose some circulation in it, because mm-hmm. I don't like turbulence. Man, John, that's, love it. Setting the expectation is huge, and I think that's in everything that we're doing. We talk about even with the VIPs. You're setting the expectation, right? By having the deep conversation and telling them that you're going to follow up with them. Telling them that you're going to invite them to events. Telling them that you want to make a difference in their business, right? Like, who do you need to know? If you could wave your magic wand, who would be the biggest person in the world that would impact your business, right? 
You've got to ask, ask questions that are going to probe them to try to find a way that you can fill their need, which is huge. So, Hot leads, cold leads. Let's talk about them. You go first. So I think it's pretty obvious if you've got a hot lead, you're probably not waiting until Wednesday to call it. <laughs> um, yes. Fortune is in the follow-up. Fortune is in the follow-up. If you look at sales statistics, over 80% of conversion happens after the fifth contact. Rick wants us to call twice, the team to call five times, and us to send a video. And so Rick's basically programming us to call seven, eight, nine, ten times because the conversion completely goes up, especially after you get past five. So for me, for me, hot leads, cold leads, on the day that Wednesday, on the day that Wednesday rolls around, by the way, Wednesday is my favorite call day. And the reason why I say my favorite call day is because that Wednesday at 3 o'clock, I get to leave the office and go pick my daughter up at 3.30 and we have our date night. So I'm always geeked about Wednesday because I get, my, I get to make those calls. So I'm always in a great mood knowing no matter what's going to happen on that phone, I get to see my daughter in about five hours and we're going to go do a date night. So it's putting yourself in the right mindset. So my calls that I do on, on hot leads, cold leads, I start with the... I start with the lead tracker. So I start with the lead tracker for the current month, and I go down through those. And that is printed out on my desk, updated, when I come in on Wednesdays. The next thing that I, uh, that I have is, you'll see it in the book, it's, I, so I've created my, my own form. I didn't change Rick's, I created my own. Uh, it's called Listing Inventory Tracker. I do a lot of listings. I do a lot of listings. I keep this Listing Inventory Tracker on me, because it has my, it has all the listing appointments I've been on, it has their name, email, phone number. And at the very end, it has tally. The people on my listing inventory tracker are also on my lead tracker. I just like to separate them so I know I have it with me all the time. I go through those calls. If they haven't signed with me and they haven't signed with someone else, I will call them on Wednesday and check in with them. And usually the phone call is very simple. Was there any information I didn't answer? Was there any questions you have outstanding? Are you ready to get started? Do you have any fear behind this? What's your hesitation? And I try to dig, dig, dig in those conversations to find out what's their fear, what's their hesitation, what's their pain. So for me, Wednesdays are lead tracker, current month, my listing inventory sheet, all listings I've been on. My second one I go back to is I go lead tracker for previous month. And then I go back. One of the things I like to do on Wednesday, now that I've got a showing assistant, I'm trying to get her more comfortable on the form, on the phone. And with my, my RP2, we do a call night on Wednesdays, usually for about an hour. It's not during the night. It's, it's basically from one to two. And we call old great, old lead trackers going back about four months and just kind of go through them. Because one of the things that I realize is when someone's not getting back to me, I always, I always, I always take it very personal and be like, oh, they don't like me. <laughs> they hate me. They don't want to work with me. And you know what I realize? It had nothing to do with that. Just what's ever going on in their life is far more important than what's in my life. I might not think so. I mean, we'd be like, hey, you've got to buy a house in three weeks. Why are you up at the cabin? <laughs> but, again, whatever's more important in their life is far more important than my life. But I have to continue to follow up with them. 
Fortune is in the follow-up. Fortune is in the follow-up. I got a big sign. If you come to my office, you'll see I have, like, Zach will contest to it. B will say it. I have sayings everywhere. Because I gotta be reminded every day. Like, I've gotta be reminded. Kind of like reminding my kid to brush her teeth every morning and every night. We have to remind our clients to program them for one referral every year. You tell your kid to brush your teeth more often you program your clients to send you a referral. Like, I have to be reminded. So right up on my, right up where you look up from my desk, it says fortune is in the follow-up. I have to be reminded the money is in the follow-up. You could be the greatest lead generator there is. You get paid nothing if you don't convert. Nothing. Zero times zero is zero. I mean, you get paid nothing. John, your thoughts on that? Yes. So, one thing that... um what do you do after four months of lead trackers? What do you do with months five through the start of your career? Uh, I like to partner with somebody and hand them off to them and give them the opportunity to try to try to convert them. I like that. I like to do Write that down. A trusted lender, maybe, um, or I like to use them as training. You know, I mean, we're talking three, four months old. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. We're talking three, four months old. I also like to go back. Um, one of the things is I'm a big believer in, you know, we talked about the, having a VIP list. I'm a big believer in creating whale lists. Like you go whale hunting so you can put something on the plate. And if you capture that whale, you court that whale, you get to date that whale, then that whale can be a VIP. So I like to go back through my lead trackers and, and look through them to see if people ended up, you know, see if people end up working with us and we didn't, we didn't catch them or, they end up not working with us if it was a listing. I just like to go back for training purposes. Perfect. But I love handing them off to somebody. Okay. So one thing with older, long-term leads, something that um, I started doing that, because I'd always find myself, you'd get all these lead trackers, and it's like, like man, they're, they're gold in them forms. But after a while, like, you don't look at them. Like, if it's deep in there, like, you're not going back. So the one thing that I started doing is on Wednesdays for a lead follow-up day, I, would, I started to schedule my follow-up in my calendar. So on a Wednesday, any given Wednesday, there is going to be 12 old leads that are in there calendared. With Now, if you've got a really good CRM system, use that. But I would bet not everybody has a really good CRM system. Some of us are still a little old school. So I think you can... <laughs> You can fall back to some of these other tactics so that you don't lose that person. You get really good rapport with somebody and they're super excited, but they're like, it's just, I'm just not here yet. But if you don't make a notation to that or do anything with it, you are not going to remember to call them. You're just not going to do it because you guys are all amazing, right? And people are calling you and we're going for the now people, the people you got to go on the appointment with this week or get in the car right now, the people that have to move, not the want to's, right? But that doesn't mean that those want-tos don't need you. And I can guarantee you that everybody in this room, all of your friend groups and all of your peer groups, there's 10 other realtors in that group. And there's somebody else that's going to give them some love if you don't. Okay? And then you get all fired up because that sign's in another person's yard. And there ain't nobody to blame but you. Because you just didn't have, you didn't have a process to make sure that you can reach back out to them. A lot of filling the greatness tracker is just being tactical around your approach to making calls. You got to show up. That's why we have the list. So you have a plan. 
Because if you have no plan, you're just not going to get it done. So you can't just wing it. So yeah, and I think one of the greatest things is, is we talk about going to the basics, right? We watch a video of Kobe doing the basics over and over again. And he says, you know, he says, you know, you're, you're the greatest basketball player. And all I did is watch you do the basics over and over again. And he's like, well, how do you think I'm the great? How, I mean, how, why, that's why I'm the greatest basketball player. I'm doing the basics. When Rick came out with March Madness, remember March Madness? Yeah, I do. He came out with March Madness, and we had to do 30 outbound calls. And, and, and people fought it. I mean, was your students fighting it? Mine's like 30 outbound calls. I'm like going, it probably takes you more than that to just get 15 talk tos. Yeah. And so what I realized is I started doing the 30 outbound calls and putting the initials there. And I realized it took me, if I hit 30 outbound calls, my greatness tracker was almost always filled mm-hmm. because that talk tos would come natural. So you talk about having a plan, and you talk about making it simple. If you go in your book, there's two plaques. My students get these plaques when I start coaching them. Uh, maybe not my earliest ones. So, but, uh, but there's two plaques. This is my plan. This is my calling plan. I have both these plaques made up. They're sitting, I mean, be used to them. They're sitting right, on my, right in front of my phone. And here's what the two plaques say. Your number one priority is to make 30 outbound calls today. Until your number one priority is done, everything, everything is a distraction. So here's my mindset when I come into the office. I think my team meeting is a distraction until those calls are done. I think anything I'm going to do, check email, look on Facebook, Check in, uh, check in on my daughter's school. Everything is a distraction until those 30 outbound calls are done. Now, some distractions you can't avoid. Team meeting, not going to skip that. But everything is a distraction until those 30 outbound calls are done. Everything. And then the bottom one, the bottom plaque. Now, these are two, like, this, there's just little plaques like this. The bottom one helps me get through the calls. Because Monday we get to start all with VIPs. Those are fun calls, right? Friday, we're, you know, we're making some calls that a little bit cold, don't know where it's going to go. So this is how I get through those calls. It's called SW4. Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. You can even add another one. So who's next? Some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. So who's next? I'm telling you, if you take that mentality when making your calls... Especially when you're calling old lead trackers, they're like six months old. That helps. <laughs> because when someone hangs up on me, I'm like, well, some will, some won't. So what? Someone's waiting. Hopefully it's the next call, because I don't know if I can get my teeth punched twice. That's, that's, how, I get through my, that's how I get through my calls. You know, I was thinking something about something you said when we were talking about the class. Um, your buyers. I mean, how often are you calling your buyers or the buyers of your team? Do you call them on your Tuesday calls or are you calling them on Wednesdays? Tuesdays. So you do, so you do status updates with your buyers? Yeah. So wow. I think especially with your high. So we have a daily team meeting sheet and all of the active buyers are listed. I know everybody that's shopping. And it's really important, especially as a team lead, that you got to check in every once in a while. Right. Get a little pulse on what's going on. Make sure they're getting some extra love. Right. That you know that you're listening and you're fighting and you're you know, the struggle is real. What's going on. So throw them into your Tuesday updates. Right. What about your team's buyers? 
Are you making those calls? Yeah, I'm talking about both. I'm talking about okay. mine and I'm talking about theirs. Are you making the calls for them though? No. Okay. No, you're, they no. So, so you're buyers. Yeah, no, I'm making those. But like okay. my RP2s that are working with their own people. Okay. I'm I'm not checking in. I'll check in at milestone moments through that process. Okay. But if they're actively shopping though, I will check in and make sure like, hey, is Alec doing a good job for you? You know, is there any you know anything you want to talk about? Because um, getting a check in, it's like having Rick call. It's like yeah. like this is kind of cool. I'm also kind of nervous, but like it's it's a it's special, right? It's special to get that call. Right now, by a show of hands, who is calling every single person that they close the deal on after it's done? Okay, there's some hands that are not up. When do you make those calls? Do those fall on Wednesday for you or those Fridays? So those usually, once, once they're done, like mm-hmm. those pulling in the middle, like doesn't matter. Once they close, they get a call from me. You know why that's such a game changer? Why is it such a game changer to call them within that first 30 days after they close on their house? I'll save you the trouble of guessing. You've already been paid. You understand? Up until then, every time you call them during the transaction, they think you're working. They think you're only calling them to collect the check. But you collect a check, and a month later you call them and check in on them. You've already been paid. They can't think you're calling the check for the check. That's why that call is so important. Because now they truly do know you're not calling for the check. That's why that call is so important. That's why that call should never be missed. That call should never be missed. And it's super easy. You take your pay log from the previous month because we have to do it for homework. And it turns into your call sheet from the next month. You don't have to complicate it. Just hand your pay log to your team member. Tell them to put phone numbers next to it and call it the next month and turn it into a fill so you don't get fined. So one thing on that. Rick always questions us. Are you being greedy or are you being grateful? Which one do you think you are if you're not making those calls? Absolutely. So take that. Remember that, right? And that really kind of leads into a past client call. Yeah. Because I make those on Thursday. To me, that's a past client. I'm calling them within 30 days of them closing. That's a past client call. Uh, I, I'm in a weird, and, and if we got time, I'll tell you a little bit of stories about some of the rumors circling. Um, I'm in a really weird place right now when it comes to my business. It's, it's very surreal. And you've, we've heard the story about an apple tree, right? An apple tree is, you know, when you plant an apple tree, and it's funny, I, I just want... It's funny how God puts plagues in your life. I went on an, on an apple orchard listing the weekend before I came here, and they're telling me that they plant whips, and whips are about you know three four inches big. They plant those, and those whips will take five years before the, it's, it's big enough to hold an apple, seven years before it produces apples, and then but after it's after you've taken care of this whip for five seven years, you've kept the deer out, you've kept the gophers away. You've made sure it's got sunshine. You've got rain. You put in the work, right? You kept the weeds from choking it. That apple tree will start producing apples, and you can't keep up with the harvest. That's what my business is right now. Planting, I can relate it to a homework assignment five years ago at Dayton. That was the whip. I can relate something to a homework assignment three years ago from Kendra. That was the whip. And now I'm collecting apples like it's just... 
It's surreal. But it comes from these calls. It comes from these calls. COVID hit and the past client call. I know our, I know our process. I know what we coach you. We coach you to do the alphabet letter of the week. Mm-hmm. Start with A, then B, then C. You rotate that letter of the week. By the end of the year, you'll call your entire database twice. COVID hit. I freaked out. And when I freak out, uh, I put it on my shoulders and I go to work. I called my entire database first week in April. I called my entire database second week in May. So I made 800 phone calls in those two weeks because I was afraid what was going to happen. Didn't talk to any of my people about real estate. Ask them how they were weathering the storm, what their storm looked like, what kind of boat they were in. Are they just, are they in a yacht? Are they in a canoe? Are they treading water? But I'm telling you, those phone calls that were made back in April and May, I, it's, it's, I'm getting, I'm getting paid for it today. Going back to time will either expose you or reward you. I'm getting grossly rewarded for it today. So for me, when you talk about the past client call, here's what we do. My team prints out 33 names from my database, and they put it on my desk on Monday. Thursday is the hardest call for me because we coach. It is so hard for me because we coach. You know, between coaching and off-week calls and trying to run the business, it's hard to make those calls. So I actually start my past client calls in between filling white space on Monday. So by the time I hit Thursday, I might have half of them already done. Hold on. So you're saying you can get ahead of your call list? It'd be nice. It's a lot better to be ahead than be behind. Write because that down. guess what happens when I'm behind? You don't do it. Or you work way too much. Saturday. Yeah. You look at my calendar, there's a time blocked off every Saturday from 8 to 1. And it says, reward or punishment. That's what my calendar said. Reward or punishment. My calls are not done. You talk about Rick going after the party, going to make his calls. Saturday is my day where if my calls are done by Friday... I can do whatever I want Saturday from 8 to 1. But my calls are not done by Friday. I'm on the phone in the office by myself calling. And I'm filling my greatness tracker up. Because remember, the last thing I want to do is not turn in a greatness tracker that's full. And I don't want to turn in a greatness tracker that's not true. Now, can I honestly say that every single call in there is super quality? No. But they're all made. I honestly think one of the reasons why Rick has us make 100 calls, because he knows us. He knows if we make 100 calls, maybe only 40 of them are actually worth the, <laughs> worth the call. He knows that he tells you to ask for a referral on every one of those 100 calls. I don't ask for a referral on every one of those call, 100 calls. I try to program for a referral on every one of them, and that's even tough. I think one of the reasons why we have to make so many calls is because we don't go deep with the calls we do make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I got a question for you guys. Who gets intimidated by the amount of calls that you have to make on Thursdays? How many here have a database of over 400 past clients? So here's the tricky part. What I found was I got like knee-knocking worried on Thursdays. And I'm like, if the mountain's so tall... I kind of just like, eh, 
I'm going to sit down here. I'm not even going to try to climb it. It's just impossible. Like, there's no way, right? So what we talk about when we're building our PathClient database is it's 400 people. So what I did the first of the year is I went through and I looked at my 950-person list, and I said, you know what? I'm going to just click the buttons and start making this 400 list of people that I actually want to talk to. Right? Like, it's way easier to make calls when you're calling people you want to talk to. So for me, that was a way to like, okay, there's, and I'm not saying that we don't contact the other ones, but that's stuff that my team can help me with. They're still getting videos. All sorts of stuff's happening there, but I can't commit to calling a thousand different people two times a year. Like, well, I'm not going to do it. Like, so, so John, do you do this? You do this when you pull up your phone. This is your phone, by the way. Yep. You pull up this and you got a name, you're like, so, yes, but, so I would also say, though, some of the best clients I've ever had, still to this day, make me super, super nervous. I get tons of anxiety when I work with them, and it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. They shower me with praise, like, they're like, you're the best, but every time they make me nervous. They challenge me, right? They always were always like, we're getting muddy, we're getting scratchy and clawing at the end of it. They're like, yeah, sweet. They're so excited. But what it does is stretching us, right? It's helping us grow. So some of those clients, those whales that you're hunting, they are looking for you too, and they appreciate you more than you know. So all that is in between here. That's all me. That is not what's happening now. And I would add to it too, if you're nervous to call somebody, you're afraid to call somebody, that's probably a call you need to make. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the one thing, though, is if you don't want to work with that person, if that person's not like you mm-hmm. and you don't trust them and you never want to do business with them, they shouldn't be on your call list. Absolutely. Because when you get to that name, you stop. And then you start looking at cat videos on Facebook for the next 25 minutes. <laughs> or, um, hey, the hot dogs. The hot dog videos. <laughs> You stop when you don't want to call somebody that's on that list. So take them off the list. Take them off the list. Talking about calls, do you do anything where you set up to make your calls? Like, how, how do you get in the mindset? What do you do to set up calls? Like, are you doing it, like, is it just on your office phone? Is it your cell phone? Are you doing it in your car? What do you do? So I, have, I can't talk in the car, which is terrible because I'm in the car a lot. But so, but I just can't do it, right? I just can't, I can't get in the zone. I can't get in the space. I'll take calls if people call, like, but I'm not answering lead calls or trying to convert in the car. Like, I just can't do it. So I have to be in my office and I do not work from home. During all of COVID, everybody was working from home. I went to the office every day. Like, I can't do it. Like, the reason I dress nice is because I'm scared. I'll just tell you that. Because if I don't dress nice, this is like my Superman outfit. I can't work at home because I'm not going to dress like this when I'm at home. I will look like a homeless guy. And I'm totally cool with that because I'm okay with my nasty-ass sweats and flip-flops. Like, that's me, right? It's one or the other. And if I'm at home, that's my zone to be comfortable. When I'm at the office, let's do this. I'm excited. I'm jacked up. I'm inspired. I'm passionate. I'm big. I'm larger than life, right? Because that's how I have to show up for my team and for my clients. So for me, it's in the office. and I do it as fast as I possibly can because I know... If I don't get it done before noon, it's not happening. But what about distractions, John? I close. You work, you work with your wife. That would be a distraction for me. No, man. She is like, go make your calls. <laughs> Do not talk to me, right? So I have a 
I had moved out of like my bullpen area and I literally have a patio door slider that like we broke off into our office and I have a big huge sign that just says stop. It's like a big stop sign and if my door's closed, like they can't come in. How many have a sign? I have a sign. So you gotta tell, you gotta give your team some warning and you also have to ask for some accountability. So it's gotta be in your calendar. You gotta set up the time. You gotta go do it. And you got to do it over and over and over again. And what you can't do is when they try to come knock on your door and ask you a question, because they will, you got to be like, right? Like, whatever you got to do, but don't open that door. Because the minute you open that door, just like when you take that 7 p.m. phone call, guess what's okay now? To interrupt you at any time, right? So you can't do it as much as you want to. I know that creative avoidance is always creeping in on you, right? Turn off the notification updates on your email. There are settings you can do that, okay? You still have access to your calendar, yes, but John, right? No. So here's how I make my calls. I have a picture of my daughter on the desk. I have my picture of my goals laminated on my desk. I give my cell phone to Tina because I shouldn't have my cell phone on me when I'm making calls. They're like, oh, but the numbers are in there. No, they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. They should be on a list before you come in the morning. Like when I get into the office, there's three things on my desk. My calendar, my list, and my coffee. They, and now lately it's been the Maxwell book. And they're like, Jay, read the Maxwell book before you talk to us. <laughs> um, I've been really working hard on that. I got a short fuse. The Maxwell book has been helping me a lot with that. Uh, so... They have it there ready for it. So I'm making my calls. This picture of my daughter, my laminated goals. I want to know why I'm making this phone call. If I'm about to get punched in the call, I want to take the punches for a reason. I don't make them with my cell phone. I give my cell phone to my assistant. Um, I do make my phone calls on a headset. Um, I don't use burner anymore. I used to use burner, so it just automatically goes to the next call. I don't use that anymore. Um, I actually dial them. But I just go right down the list. It's on a headset. I like to make my call standing up and pacing. Mm-hmm. I like making my call standing up and pacing. Um, got a nice office. We got a patio door, but it's not into my office. It's to go out my office. And it goes out onto a nice patio, overlooks a pond. It's really peaceful. I'll sometimes pace between the pond, back to the picture of my daughter, to the pond, to the picture of my daughter when I'm making my calls. That's how I make mine. If I have my cell phone on me, I am not making calls. And you know what? My team knows it. The other thing I do, and this might be a tactic you want to write down because it helps for me, we hold our team accountable at a very high level, or at least we're supposed to, right? So when they're not doing their job, what do you tend to do? You tend to light them up, right? Attack them. Well, guess what happens? There's a lot of days I wasn't making my calls. So now every team meeting... I tell them the calls I made the night before. So they know where I'm at every team meeting. It's part of our team meeting agenda. I bring my greatness tracker into the team meeting and I show them, hey, last night I only got eight of my VIP calls done. Guess what they say? Why the heck ain't you doing your job? Like, you want us to do your, our job, but you didn't do yours? Y'all wrote that down, right? Find somebody that holds you accountable. 
and then give them permission to hold you accountable. And then don't correct them when they're holding you accountable. I have my team hold me accountable. And the more, the more they feel comfortable telling me where, my, where, I'm, where I'm failing, the better we've gotten as a team and the better I've gotten as, as a leader. So Friday calls. What's those lists like for you? Yeah, so Friday calls. So before I get into Friday calls, because yeah. you got a lot of great ones, there's, so we dedicated when we were doing this talk. I'm just going to go a little off, off the beaten path. You go, Is that cool? You have lib. Okay. You're the senior coach here. <laughs> so obviously there's face-to-faces, there's break breads, there's calls, right? And who here loves doing videos? Yes. There's a couple, okay? So y'all got to do a 1,000 of them, right? So the thing is that work around your theme days with your videos. So personalized videos are great for Tuesday update calls in addition to your calls. Every week, you should be doing a video to your entire database. Who's doing that? Every week, without fail. Okay, so when we talk about calling our database and we talk about doing videos, this is and even mailing and all this stuff, people want to see consistency. This is how you build the foundation of your business, right? This is how you build the right to ask for the referrals. You are showing up all the time at the same time. When COVID started, I was kind of freaking out. I did not call my entire database. What I just started to do is I'm just going to implement and I'm going to shoot a heck ton of videos and I'm going to send them out all the time, no matter what. And we send out 1,600 videos every single week like clockwork. It just happens. It's really easy. It's not hard. There's a system behind it. But it's really easy to do it. So if you're not doing it now, here's the deal, people. Y'all planning on doing this for a while, right? Okay. So, one mass video under eh, 90 seconds on BombBomb. You can do it right on your phone. You can send it to everybody. You got to do one every single week for the rest of your real estate career. This is mandatory. This should not be negotiable, Cleve. Okay. Got to shoot videos. This is the future. Kelly was talking about it. You just got to embrace it, okay? When Rita challenged me to start doing videos, they were absolutely terrible. Like, I was the worst at it. Like, I'm reading, like, off the lines. You can, I got glasses, so you can, like, see the line on my screen. This shows the words, and my eyes are just moving like this, right? It was ridiculous. So now, you just shoot it, and you send it. You never, ever, 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 ever watch it. Ever. Like, literally, it's okay, like, if you burp a little bit or if you stumble on your words. Like, that means you're a real person. Okay? So you got to do your videos. But we're going back and we're talking about our VIPs. Rick sends us a video that's just dedicated to us as coaches. His VIPs gets a different video. Okay? Your Tuesday updates. If you, some of you do canned videos. Put them in there. Wednesdays, all your leads. At the end of the month, what we did this year is I'm like, man, we got to do more referral gift program stuff. So, like, I got a timeshare, just like everybody else probably got sold on one that you barely ever use, right? They're, so, I'm like, well, we should just, like, give away a trip, right? I don't know really why bought this thing anyway. So, we're doing a trip to Mexico, Cabo. Every single month, they get a video, okay? And I do this little thing, and I got this little globe that, where's my girl Amber at? Bought me, that I bought for all my VIPs, and I have one pin in this little pin cork globe, and I hold it, and I smile on the camera, and I'm like, thank you so much for your referrals this month. You got entered again into the drawing, so any referral we get or anybody that closes with us gets entered into it. 
You just poof, send it out every month. Oh, you're good. Shoot. So the question was, do you poll the winner? No, it's just at the end of the year. So, what do you think I talk about? We still need your help, right? Like, thank you so much, but we got a long ways to go. Hit the link below. Show us some love, right? Have another opportunity. With your Thursdays for your clients. You're doing client events, all that stuff. Videos, right? Videos to them. And then for your Fridays, let's get into Fridays, you're going to get into those. But for me... Yep. I'm going to hit on Fridays quickly, and I'm going to hit on thank you cards. So Fridays, Rick talked to us about whale hunting. So whale hunting, you should have a book. And in that book, you should have a page for each whale you're going after. Now, a lot of people say, I don't know, I don't know how to whale hunt. Well, neither do I. I don't get into a boat. What Rick told us at the fireside chat, if they own a building, if they have employees, if they're connected, if they're at charity events, if they're influential, if they can improve your business, if they can improve your mindset, they can improve your health, these are people that you can go after for whale hunting. High quality people. I have a whale hunting book. If you come to my office, like Zach can contest to it. It says on the cover, it's very creative, it says whale hunting. If you turn the first page, it's the first whale I'm going after. There's probably 85 pages filled out there. I stalked them. Kind of like Nick Saban knew everything about Rick before they got on the call. I stalked the whale. So when I talked to him, like, you got 36 employees. Looks like you started this company in 1998. You moved to this building. You think they have a better chance of closing that person if I know that. So, so Friday to me is new business. You're searching for whales. And I'll tell you this, you've seen a deck of cards. You know how many aces are in a deck of cards, right? Four. If I tell you that I'll give you a million dollars if you flip four aces on that deck of cards, how many cards do you flip to get the fourth ace? Really? So then why don't you call people? Because your whale list becomes your, your deck of cards. There's aces there. You just have to flip the next card. Some will, some won't, so what? Someone's waiting, so who's next? Thank you cards for me. This is our technique for thank you cards. Tina writes on the back of the thank you card their address and who it's going to, puts a stamp on it, puts our return label. She brings the envelope and the thank you card into the team meeting and she gives me five of them. I can't leave the room until I write thank you cards. So there's at least 25 that get done every week. Perfect. So, questions and answers. Yes, so real quick, before we go into Q&A, on the back of this guy, Oh, yeah. So take a picture, or however you do the snazzy uh, scan thing here. We'd really appreciate it for an amazing score. Jay Fletch, let's give it up for the man with all the answers over here. If you do have questions that we don't get to, find us tonight or at any point no. over the next two days. But let's get into some Q&A. Kevin? Let's go, Kevin. Um, you were talking earlier about the, like the RP1 doing calls on Friday. Uh, do you have your RP1 like a perfect work week, or do you help them like manage their schedule or anything like that? So that's a great question. So Kevin asked, do we have our RP1s working off a perfect work week and a schedule? The answer to both of those is absolutely. Yes. So we do in our quarterly meetings, we talk about our perfect week at a glance, and they, I have access to everybody's calendar. 
They have access to mine. If I don't see anything on their calendar, guess what I assume is happening? They ain't doing nothing. But I know they are. It's not hard. But you teach them to fill it out. But here's the deal. You can't ask them to fill it out if you're not doing it. Right? Zach? So, in terms of the 30 calls a day, we're supposed to call 12 of our VIPs and call our pendings on Tuesday. If I don't have 30 pendings on Tuesday, so Zach's question to you, Jay, was how do you, if you're only calling 12 of your theme days, how do you get to the rest of your calls, your outbound calls? I have more than one list. So I've always find I've got more, I've got more calls to make than I have week. It seems like I run all the week before I run all my calls to make. So I start with my VIP calls, and once my VIP calls are, are done, I will go into my past client calls because Thursdays are tough for me, and I'll make some past client calls. Usually I won't get into another list until I get later in the week, and my past client calls are done, and I just go to the next list, the next list, the next list. I like the, you know, the game within the game, you know, the Michael Jordan episode, how he creates a game within the game so he can keep it exciting. I like to create a game within the game. So I have multiple lists. I have multiple lists. I have a list of attorneys. I have a list of restoration companies. I have a list of senior care housing coordinators. And so I like to start my calls, stay true to the theme day. When I've accomplished the theme day, I go to one of my next lists. Usually I go to my Thursday calls first because of coaching. And after I've done my Thursday calls, I go to my next list, my next list, my next list. I don't see... if. The thing that frustrates me most is when a student says they have nobody to call. I'm like, join the Chamber of Commerce. There's 300 people right there. And if you run all those ones, join the one to the neighboring city. It, it, there's, there's, there's too many people to call. Yeah, B? So, uh, on the Friday calls, right? Yep. Sort of cold calling, but I run into a center where that I, I call and then I'm like, hey, what am I actually calling about? And then I feel like I'm calling to set an appointment. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. What are you talking so about? So B's question was, you're not really sure what you're supposed to talk to them about on Fridays. Yes. So for me, Fridays are a start of a relationship, right? Usually when you go on a first date with somebody, you're not, you know, trying to get extra bases or whatever, right? Like you're just trying to like get up to the plate yeah. and like yeah. talk to somebody. So, you know, you got to have, you got to start the conversation and it's just an interaction. And then from there, you might not feel comfortable with like asking for that face-to-face appointment, but it could just be, hey, is it cool if I give you a call in a month just to kind of check in? You know, this is kind of the start like to see if, you know, we might be able to help each other out down the road. Is it okay if I just give you a quick call in 30 days just to say hi and see how you're doing, see if there's anything I can do to help? And that's it. You don't have to sell hard on that. You're just trying to start something to then have an opportunity to follow up, maybe get a little nugget. If you really like them, you can send them a gift. Maybe they answer their call a little bit, you know, better the next time. That, so. That's exactly it for me to be. When I said that, you know, I'm calling my whales on Friday, and I research them, and then I call them, I'm showing honor. So I'll start to call them. For, for instance, if it's you, B, I'd be calling you and say, hey, B, um, I've noticed you built a really great real estate company. It looks like you've hired a couple people. Um, it's just amazing to me. I see your sign everywhere. I know starting a business. I know running a business. I know leading people. I know having employees. 
is really, really challenging and difficult. I'm really new to this, and I see somebody like you crushing it. Is there any way, any way, that I can swing by Starbucks or Caribou and grab your favorite cup of coffee and, and just stop at your office and get five minutes to hear what you, ask you a couple questions? My biggest transaction that I ever had Friday was 70, I had 78 closings total, but one of it was 73 closings, one seller, one buyer. I represented both. That started with a phone call five years ago where I said, I know you have real estate agents. Heck, I know you have a real estate company. I don't want your listing. I don't want your business. I just want to know what you look for in a real estate agent. Can I take you out to eat? He's like, no, I got a charity event going, but if you want to come to the charity event, sit at my table. And the whole time I'm sitting at the table, I'm like, what do you look for an agent? How do you do your follow-up? Do you mail stuff? I'm just, I'm asking questions. Those calls there, start a relationship. Like, don't try to lean in for a kiss until you at least give them some chocolates and some flowers. Right? <laughs> but if you show honor and you know some things about them, I'm telling you, I mean, how did Phil get into the program? Phil called Rick. A lender didn't bring Phil. Phil called Rick. Those, some of those relationships are really good when we start that way. And people that are already successful, they want to work with other people that are successful. They want to groom people that are successful. You have a ton of valuable information to give people. You can teach them how to hire. You can teach them how to do the disc. You can teach them how to have a VIP program with their business. You can teach them how to do a letter of the heart. You can teach them how to do events. You have way more to offer these people than you give yourself credit. But you don't make the call. You don't start the conversation. You would have never made the call to Hope. Would you be married? I don't no. think Hope pursued you. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love you. I know. Barrett, you got a question? Yeah, so your question is how to go deep but get in and get out quickly, right? So Rick's obviously the master at this, right? You got to bring a ton of value, right? I think at the end of the day, like you got to look at the wherever they're at in their world, you got to look at what is the most impactful thing I could ever do for them. And then don't dilly-dally on getting there. Just get to the quick, right? Like there was a, um, like for Kat's mom, when Josh sent out like a cash call, like there was something that happened and her, and her house burnt down or something like that. And it was like, we need instantaneously money for Kat's mom. And like, 
I don't even know how much money got raised like instantly, right? So if somebody's like got some pain and you know how to fix it, like here's the deal. Right now I'm super busy today, but I know usually we'd have a conversation for 10 or 15 minutes, but here's what I want to do. I know what you need right now. I'm going to go make some calls and I'm going to call you back in a few minutes. And just knock it out. Just handle it. You know everybody, Barrett. Like you can solve everybody's problem, maybe the world's problems. So it's like just talk to them, see what they need, and just go get it. So I think we dilly-dally too much. We talk too much. That's really what it boils down to. It's like the triangle of trust. Everybody messes up because they get off track because you just talk too much and you forget, like, how do I close it? Which side do I open? What does it look like again? And you get all confused. You're like, ah! And and always remember the person asking the questions controls the conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you want to shorten up the conversation, you ask the questions, weave the answer back into the next question, direct them through the answers to get where you're finding a need and you're filling it or you're finding pain. The other rumor out there is I took on 82 listings with one seller. That was going deep on a VIP call. He was a VIP already. He owns a bunch of rental units. And um, kept going asking questions, asking what his frustrations are. And it was three, four questions deep before he said, you know my property manager? And I go, yeah, I know her really well. I mean, I think she's great. Well, she's gotten some sticky fingers. You know, she's starting to collect rent and cash, and it's not making it to my account. And um, it just happened that we had lunch the week before, and I was showing them how I, I was showing him my stock portfolio, and it had a pretty big day. Lost most of it later in the week, but it had a pretty big day, and I was showing them how I had, you know, it's a little bit different than the rental business. And he was like saying, what do you think I could get if I sold all of them to one buyer? I said, probably about 187 a unit. He's like, I can't take that. I said, let's look at them. They're all condoed. I mean, they all got separate PIDs. They all got separate water and sewer. We ended up listing 82 of them. We list them one at a time. When we get multiple offers on them, we accept the one offer. We call the people back that think they hit the house, and we offer them another one. So in two months, we've sold 51 of them. I still got 31 of them to sell. If I didn't go deep and find out his pain was his property manager was stealing from him, I wouldn't have those listings. Now I'm slowly and surely taking the pain off. After selling 50 of them, he doesn't have any debt. So every one we sell now, he thinks it, he thinks it's like hitting the lottery. He loves it. And he's going to take the money and put it in something safe. Something super safe. But again, up until that conversation, Three days before that conversation, heck, the day before that conversation, I would have tried to sell him a rental property. Because over 18 years, it took us 18 years to buy those rental properties for him. I was his realtor on all of them. I know them all. And overnight, because of someone stealing from him, he decided, I don't want to be a landlord anymore. 19 total listings in that city. And I signed 82 withholds. I could have crushed, I could have crushed the entire market inventory in that city by bringing them all on that fast. And we just slowly brought them on. But it was a phone call going deep and finding out what his pain is. And he was embarrassed to say it. That's why you have to have VIPs. That's why you have to be in relationship. We weren't in relationship. I went in for that kiss before I gave him chocolates and flowers. Someone else would be selling those. Another question?
That's great. So the question is, how do you ask for the business without feeling like feeling crunchy about it or feeling like a salesman or weird, right? So I think we might have talked, touched on this a little bit. You have to earn the right to ask. So if there's good conversations in there, and even if it's just being a listening ear or being a good friend or a good advisor, whatever that is, you've earned that right. But also at the end of the day, they have to realize that they know this is what you do. And if you don't ask, they assume that you don't need it. As much as they, how good they think you are, if you don't ask, they don't think you need it. So that's, you just have to reframe your way. It's not being crunchy. It's just like, hey, hey I just need some help. Like, you ran across anybody? It doesn't, it, you have to find like your phrase, right? I think that this is the one thing I love about our program. It's not like very like scripted, right? I've been in all sorts of other programs. It's like just read down the line, right? Like I used to do on my videos. It doesn't really work. You just have to flow, right? And just be like, hey, you got a great house. I know you're not moving, but man, I got a client who's been looking for something just like yours. You know anybody? So just get creative around it. Cause that didn't feel weird, right? Like I've been to your house. Your house is amazing. Like, dude, I drive by it, like, every other day. Like, do you know any of your neighbors? Because i got this one VIP of mine, just like you. Like, you haven't connected yet. i got to do an introduction for you guys, too. But, man, I'm really trying to find in this great house right around the corner from you or in your neighborhood or in your subdivision. Like, have you talked to anybody? And they're like, no. But I talked to this person. Maybe that'll work, right? Jay, you got to... I, I think you hit on a couple things. You need to reframe... Mm-hmm. That's the word John said, reframe it. I look at it this way. If someone owed you money, how much do you like calling them? You don't like calling them. You hate it, right? I don't borrow money out anymore. I just give it. Because I, I don't want them to ever owe me money. Someone owes you money, you hate making that phone call. But if you're about to give somebody something, charity, or you're giving them $1,000, or you're calling them up to tell them that they got one award, how easy is that phone call? You do a better job than your competition. Would you want your clients, friends, and family to work with you or someone else? Not because of the money, but because you know you're going to take better care of them. You heard Rick say it tonight, 65% of people have a bad experience. That's the way I look at it. I know I'm going to take really good care of them because I know what I do. I know I go way out of my way to make sure we're taking care of them. I want to give them the best experience possible. I know if they use someone in my marketplace that's not me, they're going to probably not make as much money or lose money. They're probably not going to get the same terms. They're going to get somebody that doesn't care for them. They're going to get somebody that doesn't invite them to events. They're going to get somebody that doesn't think about their birthday, never calls them back. I just know that I'm giving them something of huge value. It's one thing I'm really good at. I know... I try to program every time, so... I like John's approach, that what he was saying. I mean, I like the idea of it's almost like a we-need-your-help form, but he's tying it to somebody else, so it doesn't look like John's asking for business. It's like John's asking for, hey, I got this really good friend, or I got this person that needs something. So I love what John just said there. When, I'm, when I shut up, I'm going to write it down, because I think that's great. 
I'm, I got a bunch of different ways to try to program it. I, I, and sometimes it's fun. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fun. It's like, hey, you understand that, um, you understand that I sell real estate still, right? I mean, because I haven't heard from you since you bought your house. <laughs> I've called you. I've sent you flowers. I'm like, are we still good? I mean, I, I play with it. I have fun with it. On every one of my phones in my office, and again, anybody that's been in my office can contest this. I'm not making this up. Everyone, the back of my phone says program every client for one referral per year. It's on the back of every phone in my office because I don't know which phone I'm going to call. So I'm trying, I'm trying to program. It's kind of like asking your kids to brush their teeth. Just come up with three, four, five ways that feels natural for you to program them. Hey, you know we count on you to send us at least, at least one person looking to buy or sell in the next year. Hey, you know we got this event coming up. We're going to do a cornhole tournament made possible by referrals from people just like you. you know, this, I just like to program them. I want everybody to think that I want one referral. That, and, and because, like John says, you've earned it. And I, I, one of the things, too, is that when you set the expectation of your listing appointment, I think this might have been, it might have been Patrick that gave it and just kind of tweaked it. it. says, I got two jobs. One's to sell your home. Highest price I can get, shortest amount of time I can get, and smooth flight. My second job is to deliver such great experience that you'll want to refer me to your friends and family because you know I'm going to take really care of them and they're not going to get a bad experience. April? I, so do I call every one of my leads that month on Wednesday? So I'm filling a greatness tracker. So I have a two-hour window on Wednesdays to call my leads. I start with all my listing appointments first. Then I go into my lead tracker for that month. Then I tend to go into the leads of my RP2 and just kind of ask them, how's it going? Um, I sometimes like to ask them for referrals, say, hey, you know, I know John's taking you out to a couple homes. You know, you're working them like a dog. I mean, you've wrote like eight offers. You haven't got a single one. Do you got someone else he can work with? And you can come work with me for a little bit. You know, I, I so that's why. So Wednesdays is I start with my sellers. Then I go into my lead tracker for the month. Then I go into my team's leads, you know, trying to help out there. Then I go into the old lead trackers. And I only got two hours. And so... I got two hours and I got 30 outbound calls to make that day. Vanessa? Yeah, can you go play um, a phone call for your baby? I can do it. You yeah, we'll remember. Yeah. So I'm calling John. Hello? Hey, John. It's Jay Fletch. How are you? Oh, what's up, Jay? I'm doing good, man. Good, man. Hey, this is a VIP call. I mean, we've done this before. I just wanted you to know, uh, you know, from the first time I met you in the core. We were on that call together. You impacted my business in more ways than you can imagine. Not, not by really kind of showing me anything, but just being a great example. And man, I've modeled a lot of my business after you. And your videos, crushing them. There's only two videos I watch, yours and Barrett's. So I just want you to know that, keep that up because you are changing my life. And I'm watching you. You're an example for me. Wow. Thanks, man. That's pretty cool. That's essentially my VIP call. So, question is the way that you do it, exactly that. You got to give honor. You got to tell them why, right? And here's the deal: 
it's not always appropriate to ask for the business every single time, okay? So I think that that's one thing is that you can't not ever ask, but don't ask all the time, okay? You don't want to be that guy, right? So, or gal, or whoever, but you, you do it when it feels good and when it makes sense to do it, right? Because sometimes in those VIP calls, they might go a little the other direction, like there's some challenges, right? They're opening up about, some, you know, about something real vulnerable, right? The last thing that you want to do at the end of that is be like, oh, yeah, yeah. hey, so I got to throw this out there. That's a whole nother right. class of learning how to apologize. <laughs> yeah. So I think we got to wrap it up. Yeah. If, you, if we did not answer any of your questions, please find us at the fire pit. We'll be out until yeah. midnight. If you didn't do the little scan deal, scan us up. Let us know how we did. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you again, Jay. You guys exactly. crush it. You've been listening to the Coors Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacortraining.com.